The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Mara, Moed Katan, Daf Chavav. Today's Daf has been dedicated by Mr. and Mrs. David and Ilana Meyer in honor of the Rebetzin Sandra Mansour. Thanking her for her support and dedication of Torah, allowing the rabbi to continue his holy work. May God bless you with the fruit of your handiwork in this world and in the world to come. Amen. Today's daf is being studied the Adunishmat Abraham ben Esther. Ruah Hashem, Tanihenu began Aiden. Amen. Today's daf is being studied the Adunishmat Amiruham Ezra ben Mazal. שנפטר בקיצור ימים ושנים רוח השם תניחנו בגן עדן אמן We begin today's daf on Chavhe Amud Bet right on the bottom line starting with the last word תנו רבנן ואלו כרעין שאין מתאחין The following uh, people when they rip their garments they do not sew them forever, which means it's forbidden to sew them in a normal fashion forever, <laughs> however after a certain amount of time it would be permissible to be sholel sholel means to sew it in an abnormal fashion, like we learned uh, the wide stitching but to stitch it in a normal fashion in the following cases is asur forever, and what are the cases? hakoreya al-abi val immo as we learned, if a person makes kiri'ah for the mother and the father, on his rabbi that taught him Torah, that we would call Rav Muvhak, right? that taught him the majority of his wisdom, the Nasi of Klai Yisrael, the Nasi could either mean the Nasi of the Sanhedrin, or the Melech, or the king, that's the second to the Nasi, it's the head of the court. Ve'al shimu'ot hara'ot. Shimu'ot hara'ot would be if somebody hears about calamity or bad news that happened to Kala Yisrael. Ve'al birchat Hashem. Birchat Hashem has v'shalom is a nice way of saying hiruv v'giduf. When somebody blasphemes has v'shalom ha'kadosh baruch hu. So that's, it's really kilela, but they don't want to say kilela. They say birchat Hashem. So somebody hears, somebody can blasphemy, has to make kiriah. Ve'al sefer Torah shenisraf. And a sefer Torah barminan that was burnt. Right? Somebody that even just saw the sefer Torah being burnt. So then uh, they have to make kiriah. Ve'al arei Yehuda. Ve'al ha-mikdash. Ve'al Yerushalayim. Anybody that sees any of these destroyed areas, he has to rip on... Uh, these places, uh, Yehuda, that's the area that was destroyed, then you have uh, Jerusalem itself, and then you have the Abed HaMikdash area as well. Each one requires a Kiri'ah, and we'll see exactly how, but these Kiri'ot have something in common, they are not, uh, cannot uh, sow them normally after the, after the tear. The Korea Al-Mikdash, so the Gemara continues to explain that one rips on the Mikdash, Umosif al Yerushalayim, 
and can add to the kiriyat that he made for the Bet HaMikdash when he went to Jerusalem, he saw the Bet HaMikdash was destroyed so he's able to add to that because he doesn't have to make a separate kiriyat he can just continue tearing down from the kiriyat that he made when he saw the uh, Bet HaMikdash he doesn't have to make a separate kiriyat he can just be mosif on the kiriyat the other Gemara says Abi Torah minalam how do we know that a mother and a father, or his rabbi that studied Torah from him, how do you know that they make uh, that they're obligated to make kiriyah minalan dechtiv? The Elisha raa Elisha and Navi saw when Eliyahu and Navi, when say died, but Eliyahu and Navi really didn't die. When Eliyahu and Navi went up to the Shamayim, so it says vehu mitzaik. So he was screaming out, crying out, Avi, Avi. Rechev Yisrael uparashaf. My father, my father, Rechev Yisrael, the chariot of Israel, uparashaf, and its rider. So the Gebarah says, what is the double language, avi, avi? Avi, avi, ze avi, v'immo. Which Elisha was saying, Eliyahu and avi, to me, he was like my mother and my father. He was both. And that's why he said twice, avi, avi. I guess it wouldn't have been dedicated for him to call uh, Eliyahu and avi, imi. So therefore he said, Avi, Avi, twice. So they, and what does it say in the next Pasuk? It says in the next Pasuk that Elisha ripped his clothes. So therefore you see what? For a mother and a father, one has to rip his clothes. Rechiv Yisrael uparashav, the chariot of Israel and its rider, Zer Torah. That Rechiv Yisrael is referring to, uh, the, that uh, Eliyahu Navi was his rabbi, the Torah and Torah, how? So the Gibbos says, Me'em mashmah. And where's the master from that part that's talking about his rabbi? Kedemetargem Rabbi Yosef. Rabbi Rabbi. The Targum explains uh, on the Pasuk uh, that says, Avi Avi. It says the Targum. Rabbi Rabbi. It's referring to the, my rabbi, my rabbi. Detav lehon li Yisrael b'tzlotah. That Eliyahu Navi was beneficial to Klai Yisrael in his prayer. Mirtichin uparashin. More than chariots and its riders, which means the horses. So therefore, that Rechiv Yisraelu Parashav is referring to the benefit that uh, Elisha was saying that Eliyahu Navi was as a the rabbi of Klai Yisrael in his prayers more beneficial in beating the wars than the chariots and the horses are. So you see that, and what, what does the next pasuk say? That Elisha Navi ripped his clothes. So you see what that on a father and on a mother. And on a uh, rabbi that teaches Torah, so this is considered one has to make kiriyah. Which means, how do we know that on these type of kiriyot, father and the mother, and on the uh, rabbi, these type of kiriyot, these rippings, you cannot sow them normally forever. Dikhtiv, because the Pasuk says, Vayahazek bibradav, Vayikraim nishnaim kiraim. It says, he took his garment, he held on to it, Vayikraim, and he ripped them, nishnaim, to two kiraim rips. So the Gemara says, "Mimash b'shneimar vayikraim." Any yodeya l'shnayim? Vayikraim is plural. So he ripped his garments. So that means automatically it was into two. So what does the pasuk say? Vayikraim l'shnayim. 
So the Gemara says, Elamilamed Shekiruim Veomdim Nishnayim. That they remained two. He ripped them originally, but they remained forever Shnayim. So what do we learn from over here? Le'olam. That one is not allowed to uh, sew up normally the rippings of a mother, father, and the rabbi, which was all Eliyahu and Avi was to uh, Elisha, which was exactly, which uh, that was considered Elisha's father, mother, and rabbi, like we said. Kazi Gamaran says, Amalei Shakish the Rabbi Yohanan. So the Shakish is a question to Rabbi Yohanan. Eliyahu Hayu. What do you mean? Eliyahu didn't die. We have a tradition. We said Eliyahu and Avi just went up Besara and uh, fire to the Shemaim. So what does, it, what does it mean? How can you learn the laws of mourning or kiri'ah for a mother and a father and a rabbi to somebody that didn't die? So the Gebara says, Amar le kevan dikhti velo ra'ahu od legabedide kemet dame. Since the Pasuk says that that was the last time Elisha saw Eliyahu and Avi, so for Elisha that's considered as if he died. Now, uh, and he went up to the Shamayim. As the Mefarshim uh, point out over here, that it's by ticket is, we're not going to learn from here that if a rabbi, let's say, goes to Medinat Tayyam, and that's the last time the student sees the rabbi, that he has to make a kiriyah before he goes away on this uh, on his trip. So only this case over here, where he went up to the Shamayim, even though he didn't die, but since he knew that was the last time he was going to see him, so therefore it's considered Felisha as if he is dead. Comes the Gemara and says, next point. Nasi ve'avbedin ve'shimu'ot ara'ot minalan. That how do we know that on the death of the Nasi, that's the Nasi can either be the president of Chayisrael, that's the chief rabbi, like, or it can be the Melech, like we learned. Avbedin is the second uh, second man next to the Nasi. And on shimu'ot ra'ot, shimu'ot ra'ot is bad news that uh, one hears about Klaisus, was the Dekhtiv, so the Pasuk says, Vayahazek David bebghadav, Vayikra'im, Vegam kol anashim asher itto, Vayispedu, Vayibku, Vayatsumu, Adarev, Adarev, Al Shaul, Val Yonatan Beno, Val Amashem, Val Bet Israel, Kinafelu, Beharev. So this was told about after Shaul Amelech died, in the war with Pilishtim. So the Pasuk says that David ripped his clothes. And not only David, but all the people that were with David ripped their clothes. They made a hisped, they cried, they fasted him from the evening. For what? For Shaul, for Yehonatan, his son, and for Beit Yisrael. Because there were a lot of Jewish people that died in that war. So the Gemara now identifies each person. Shaul Zenasi. Okay, see, Shaul is the Nasi. So you see, David Amelech ripped his clothes for the Nasi. Yehonatan, who was a Hakam, is Abedin. He has a status of Abedin. Al-Am Hashem ba'abet Yisrael, elu shimuot hara'ot. That's referring to bad news. Because David Amelech heard that in the war, many Jews died. So therefore, he ripped for these three items. So you see, all these three items require... Kiriyah. Tarat Gemara says, Amar le Rav Bar Shabba le Rav Kana ve'ema adavu kulehu. Who told you? Maybe he only ripped because all three happened. Who told you that each one is worthy of an individual kiriyah? Maybe David Melech only ripped his clothes because he heard all three simultaneously. So the Gemara says, Amar le al al hefsika anyan. 
which means the word al regarding separates each item. Because the Pasuk said, if you look at the Pasuk, it says, Al Shaul, Ve'al Yonatan Beno, Ve'al Amashim. The Pasuk wanted to put them all together, just what it said, Al Shaul, Ve'onatan, Ve'am Yisrael. So therefore the Al separate them to tell us that each one is worthy alone for its own Kiriyah. So Gebra says, Umi Kar'inan. Which means, is that so? Do we rip our clothes? Do people rip their clothes when they hear bad news regarding Israel? Why? We have a story. They once told Shemuel, Katal Shevor Malka, Shevor Malka was one of the Persian kings, Tresar Alfei He killed 12,000 Jews, Bimzigat Kesari. In uh, the area of uh, Caesarea. Velokara. And he didn't rip his clothes. Tarat Shemuot Raot. Here, 12,000 Jews were massive and were killed. So you see what? You don't, the people don't rip when it comes to Shemuot Raot. Gebrah says, Lo Amiru Ela Berov Sibur Uchmaase Shaya. The only time we consider something Shemuot Raot is when the calamity happens to Rov Sibur, like the story where we learned it from. The Abiyasra went out to war against Pilishtim in the times of Shaul. The majority over there of the soldiers that went out to war died. <coughs> so in the case where Rov Yisrael was involved in a calamity, then already it requires a Kiriyah. Here, although there was a lot of people that were killed by uh, Shvar Malka, but that's not in the category of Rov Yisrael, that's not analogous to the story where we learned it from, it's not Rov Yisrael, and therefore, uh, does not require a Kiriah. So comes the Gemara and says, Side question. You're telling me historically that Shvor Malka killed 12,000 Jews at one point. Is that so? Did Shvor Malka ever kill Jews? Veha Amar le Shvor Malka le Shmuel. Shvor Malka told Shmuel. It seems that Shvor Malka was uh, friendly with Shmuel. He told him, "Titili, they're going to give me reward." De lo katle Yehudi meolam. I never killed a Jew. That's uh, a side point that uh, a goy wants reward for not killing us. That's already, he thinks he's doing us a favor by not killing us, that he deserves something. The, the fact that we're alive, already did us a chesed. In any event, he says, they're going to give me reward, because I never killed, uh, I never killed any Jews. The Yamara says, Adam, inu It seems that the people of Kesari, they caused it to themselves. It seems they rebelled against Shvor Malka, and as a result, they brought this death upon themselves. And therefore, what, what, what Shwar Makkah was saying, I never killed them just innocently. Masha'ikin, in the case of Kesari, it was a case of uh, rebellion. Kabbalah says, the Amar, Rabbi Ami said, Lekal Zigat Kesari, Literally means because of the sound of the violin strings or the harp strings. Lekal to the sound of yetere of the strings, 
Demzigat Kesari, of Mizigat Kesari, that's the name of the place, that they were uh, reveling and being happy uh, at the time of their rebellion against Shvor Malka, Bakar Shura de Lutkia. The wall of Lutkia came down, which means it caused Shvor Malka to come in and cause uh, the deaths that he did. Or some say that the uh, rebellion that took place in Kesari was so loud that it knocked down the walls of Lutkia, which was far away. Jeez, the rebellion that they did against Shvormaka was so strong, it was uh, well known, well publicized. And therefore Shvormaka went and killed them. So he didn't kill anybody that didn't rebel against them. But uh, these people he did. Comes Gamarans continues. God forbid if somebody commits blasphemy, that's Hasvashalom putting like a curse against Hashem, Halina. So then the person that hears it has to make Kiriya. So the Gemara says, Minalan, how do we know? Dikhtiv, Vayavo Eliakim bin Hedkiya Asher Alabayit, Vishivna Sofer, Vyoah bin Asafa Maskir, El Haskiyahu, Kiru'e Begadim. Says all these people came in front of Haskiyah and Belich when their garments were ripped. What was this talking about? This was talking about a situation where Sanhiriv, the king of Ashur, was threatening to come fight against Klai Israel. And he had sent a, a fellow by the name of Rav Shakeh to come along and you know, give the threat to Am Israel that Sanhiriv is going to come and destroy them. So what did Rav Shakeh say? He said, Mi bechol Asher etzilu et artsam miyadi ki etzil Hashem et Yerushalayim miyadi. It's not the Gemara, but what Rav Shakeh said is no other gods were able to stop Sanhari from his attacks of other cities. What makes you think that God, your God, is going to be able to stop the armies of Sanhari from Yerushalayim? Which means this is blasphemy because Rav Shakeh is comparing Shalom, other gods, to Kadosh Baruch Hu. He's comparing him to all the Pesalim and all the other idols. There's no blasphemy greater than this. And therefore, when they heard it, these were the men that were worked for Hezkiah, they tore their clothes. There's blasphemy there, the blasphemy of Rav Shakeh. So when they went back to Hezkiah, <coughs> they repeated to Azkiyah Melech what they heard from Rav Shakeh, but they were Kiru'ay Begadim. They were already, their clothes were ripped. So what do you see from here? That somebody that hears Berkat Hashem has to rip his clothes. So the Gemara says, Darul Abanan, we have a Braita. Echad Ashomeya, that's the person that heard it first hand. Ve'echad Ashomeya, Mepi Ashomeya, Hayav. And the second hand as well. The person that heard it from the one that heard it. When somebody comes and repeats it, says, I heard so and so cursed Hashem, and he said such and such, so all those that listen to it second hand as well, I have the Krawa. For example, that would be a case where, let's say, uh, uh, they're taking the one that blasphemed the God to Beddin. So the witnesses, Dalakha says, when they go to Beddin, <coughs> they have to actually say in front of the court what they heard. They've got to give testimony. They can't just say so and so blasphemed God. They have to say it. 
Actually, what they do is the Gemara Sanadin says one. We want to minimize how many times I have to repeat this. So one witness says, "I heard the guy say this and this." Another witness says, "Yes, this is so." So at least they say it once. But everybody else in the courtroom that hears it the second time now has to rip their clothes as well. However, the Gemara says, But the witnesses themselves, they don't have to rip a second time when they hear themselves repeating it. They heard it, they, 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 they ripped already at the time that they heard it. So the Gemara says, What do I care? They heard it at the time that they, 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 they ripped already at the time that they heard it. They, they heard it again. Every time they hear it, after they should rip again. Kabbalah says, No, we wouldn't think such a thing, because we haven't finished Pasuk. Why? What does the Pasuk say? Dikhtiv. When Haskiyahu heard them tell over the blasphemy of Rav he ripped his garments. So the Kabbalah makes a diuk. Says the king ripped, but the Melech. I'm sorry, the people did not, because they ripped already. So therefore you see what? The witnesses do not have to rip their garments a second time. Now the Gemara goes back and says, we learned that on a Kiri'ah of Berkat Hashem, Shalom, such a Kiri'ah, the garment that is ripped cannot be sewn forever in a normal fashion. So the Gemara asks, how do we know that that garment cannot be sewn forever? So Gabbara says, Atya We have a Gizera Shava. What's the Gizera Shava? Kiri'a So it's a mahluk exactly how to learn this Gizera Shava. So the Gabbara Sanedrin, Adaf Samech, says that by the case of Haskiyah Melech, it says they came to him, Kiru'e. Begadim. So that's Kiri'ah, it's one Kiri'ah. And the Pasuk by Elisha. We learned when he ripped for Eliyahu and Abi, it says, Vayikra'im Lishnaim Kira'im. So we learned by Elisha just now that what? Lishnaim taught us what? That it remained Shnaim forever. So just like Elisha's rip was forever, so to the Kiri'ah from Rikat Hashem is uh, forever. So it's Kiri'ah, Kiri'ah, Kiri'ah of Haskiyah to the Kiri'ah of. Elisha. However, uh, that she over here by us, if you look at that she, and she says, fourth line, At Yakira Kira Midavid, which means he learns Kiru'e Begadim by Rav Shakir and Haskiyah, and he makes the kids to the story of David, when David and Melech ripped his clothes for. Uh, the death of Shaul. That's his uh, connection. But according to the text that we have. In any event, comes the Gemara and says, next piece, Sefer Torah Minala. How do we know a Sefer Torah that's burnt? That those that see it burnt have to make Kiri'ah. Dikhtiv. Because we have a Pasuk. Basuk says, Vayi kikro Yehudi shalosh delatot betar sofer 
Asher el ha'ach. The story over here is talking about in the times of Yirmiyah Navi, when Yirmiyah was prophesizing about the destruction of the first Beit Hamikdash. He actually wrote the original copy of Megillat Echa. He wrote, uh, actually, we have five chapters of Megillat Echa. At this point, when he wrote about the prophecies, he had uh, the first three chapters that we have, uh, like we have today, he wrote them, and they read it in front of the king. The king was Yehoyakim. Uh, Yehoyakim uh, was a rasha. He did not want to accept that Jerusalem was going to be destroyed, and that he was going to be exiled, and he was going to lose his kingdom. So the Pasuk says, we just read, that when the Yehudi, when the Jew read, which means, let's say, three chapters, we'll say, or three Pesukim, and then he read the fourth Pasuk, what did the king do? He ripped Megillat Echa, he took a tar, he took like a razor, a knife of the sofer, of the scribe, and he took it, and he threw it into the fire. So the Gibraltar is going to explain now, what does it mean he burnt uh, after the third pasuk, after the fourth pasuk, batim of him means pasuk, pasukim. So the Gibraltar says, what does this mean, uh, three or four pasukim? Now again, just to get the history good, Yirmiyah wrote this and read it in front of Klai Yisrael. The reason why he read these bitter prophecies in front of Klai Yisrael, he tried to thwart the destruction of the Beit HaMikdash by reading them the sad things that are going to happen, figuring they'll make the Shuvah, once they make the Shuvah, so then they're reading the Beit HaMikdash, not have to be destroyed. So when they did, he read it in front of Klai Yisrael, it worked. I must say really was shaken, they made the Shuvah, they were moved. But when they read it in front of uh, Yoyakim, he was not shaken. Like the Gabbara says, Amru Leli Yoyakim, Katab Yirmiyah Sefer Kinot. They told him, you know, Yirmiyah wrote the uh, Sefer Kinot, the Book of Lamentations. Amar Lehu Maketive. So Yoyakim says, ah, what does it say in there? So they tell him the first Pasuk, Echa Yasheva Badad, which is uh, a reference to over here, Tirushalayim. How did the city of Yerushalayim now become lonely? Right? Alone. A loner city. So, what did Yehoiakim say? Amadehu anamalka. No problem. As long as I'm still the king, I don't care what happened to Yerushalayim. That doesn't affect me. Anamalka. So, they read the second pasuk to him. Amrudeh bachot balayla. Jesus is going to be crying day and night. What did Yehoiakim say? Anamalka. I'm still the king. No problem. This doesn't affect me. Galeta Yehuda Me'oni. They read the third pasuk. The people of Yehuda are going to go into exile. And what did Yehoiakim react? Anamalka. I'm still the king. They read the fourth pasuk. Darche Sion Avelot. The roads of Zion are going to be in mourning. And what does he say? Anamalka. I'm still the king. Then they got to the fifth pasuk. The enemies of Klai Israel are going to be on top. Which means the enemies are going to take over. Now already they're saying he's going to be overthrown. At that point, Abad Lehu. So Yoyakim says, Man Amra. Who made this statement? So the end of the pasuk says, Ki Hashem Hoga God said this. Because of the sins of Bnei Israel. Miyad. 
when Yoyakim heard this, Kadar kol askerot sheba. He cut out all the names of God. All the shemot that are written in the Megillah, Usrafan ba'ish. And he burnt them in the fire. So you see over here, that it says they read three and four verses. The first four verses that they read, didn't affect Yoyakim. When they got to the fifth verse, they told him he's going to be deposed by the enemies. Then already he went, <coughs> and he cut out all the Shemot. Some say he burnt the whole Megillah itself. And he burnt it in the fire. V'aynu dikhtiv. Ah, now what does it say? V'lo pahadu, v'lo kar'u et bigdehim. Those that were standing next to Yoyaki, when they saw him do what he did, they were not scared. Nor did they rip their clothes. Implying what? Mikhlal de Implying the pursuit that what normally they were supposed to rip. She's normally when you see such a thing, you're supposed to be shaken, you're supposed to be scared. And what's the reaction supposed to be? Kiriah. So the Pasud says these people were so stubborn, the servants of Yoyakim, when they saw what he did, <coughs> number one, they didn't get scared. Number two, they didn't rip their clothes. But what do we learn from there? That the normal reaction is supposed to be fear and Ripping one's clothes for the Ketfir Kodesh that are burnt. Amar le rapapa le abaye. Emar mishum shimuot araot. The Gemara says, who told you that the reason why they had to rip their clothes is because the Sefer Torah or the Megillat Echa, the names of God were burnt. Maybe the Hayuf Kiriyah was only because of the shimuot raot. Because of the bad news that they heard now being predicted. That the Metalikas was going to be destroyed. So maybe the reason why the Pasuk is telling us they had to rip was for the Shemuot Ra'ot. For the bad news. That Gebarah says, There was no bad news yet. It was a prediction. See, they were predicting that the Metalikas was going to be destroyed. That's not considered bad news. When we say Shemuot Ra'ot, we mean something that actually materialized. Something that actually happened. Ella, so what's the reason why they must have ripped their clothes? Well, not ripped their clothes, what the Patsuk is inferring. Because of the burning of the Shemot into the fire. So again, the Gemara is saying that's the reason why they had to rip. Burning of the Sefer Torah. Not because of the Shemot. Because Shemot never happened yet. It was just a prediction. But Amar bihalbo, Amar avuna. Haro'eh Sefer Torah shenikra. Person sees Sefer Torah that was... Nikra, or some say Nisraf, it was ripped, torn, or uh, burnt. Hayav Nikrawa Shte Kiriot. He has to make actually two Kiriot. Ehad ala Gevil, Ehad ala Ketav. Person has to mourn for two things. Number one, the cloth, the parchment itself that got destroyed. And number two, the letters. How do we know this? Shneimar, it says in the pasuk by Yirmiyah over there, Acharei Serof Hamelech et Hamegilah veet Hadevarim. The pasuk tells us he did two things over here by burning Megilat Echa. He burned the Megilah, the parchment itself as kedusha, and the Devarim. That's the words themselves. So we see from the way the pasuk writes it that both are worthy of a kiriah. There's two things of this, two Kedushot. There's the Kedushah of the Gevil, and there's the Kedushah of the Otiyot, of the words themselves. Rabbi Abba, Gemara tells a story. Rabbi Abba, the Ravuna, Barqiya, Avu Yatve. Rabbi Abba, Ravuna, Barqiya, they were sitting. They were sitting together. Kam Rabbi Abba, Rabbi Abba got up. Ba'a, Le'apinuyeh. 
He had to go to the bathroom. He was wearing his tefillin. So what did he do? Shakle letotifta. He took off his tefillin. Achte abesadya. He put it next to the bed, next to the pillow. I guess where they were sitting by the couch. He put his tefillin over there. Atay bar naabita. I think it's an ostrich came. And it wanted to swallow the tefillin of the rabbi. The ostrich came into the Beit Midrash, wherever it was, and wanted to swallow his tefillin. Amar. So when he came out of the bed, we saw what was happening. He said, He says, if this would have happened, if he would have swallowed my tefillin, it would be hayav two kiriot. Number one, for the cloth that got lost. And number two, for the words. For the, uh, for the so you see a, a similar story over here that's proving that the kiri'ah is for both things. So comes the and says, Amar le surafuna bar hayat tazabi abba mina lacha. Who told you this? Who told you if the ashes would have swallowed you differently, you'd have to rip your garments twice? Why? He says, With me was a story, similarly. I put my tefillin down, the ostrich came to swallow it. So I went in front of Rav Matna, he actually swallowed his tefillin. So he went to Rav Matna and he asked him the question. He didn't know what the, what the halakha was. So I went in front of Rav Yudha. Which means like this. The only time we say one has to rip his garments, when Ketve Kodesh are destroyed, is only similar to the story, the way it happened in the times of Yoyakim. That was done Bizrawa. Bizrawa means Bemezid. Which means Yoyakim did it on purpose. Over here, it was honest. You put your tefillin down, the Ashwish came, even if it swallowed it, there's no kiri on such a thing. So it has to be Dafka Kemosh Ma'asesha'ya, which was done Bizrawa, Bemezid. That's one way of learning. Now she learns a different way here. she says, Bizrawa, She'en Yachol Latzilo. From Rashi, it's Mashma. In the time of Yoyakim, you couldn't save. Don't get stop the king from doing what he did. So in that case, over there, where it gets unstoppable, then the Hayav of Kiriya. But Sheikh, in the case of Batyana, you could have stopped it. It was like an honest. You know, it, was, it, was, uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't definitely. If you want to put your tefillin in a different place, it wouldn't happen. And therefore, such a case, it's a circumstance, but it doesn't mandate kiri'ah. So that she's learning the haluk is, could you have stopped it, or couldn't you have stopped it? In any event, therefore, he said, in this case, even if you swallowed your tefillin, you would not have to make a kiri'ah. Now comes the Gibran and says, Are Yehuda. Right? Somebody sees the cities of Yehuda. That's by Yerushalayim. Right, he sees the cities of Yehuda in their destroyed state. He has to make kiriyah minalan tichti, because we have again we, at the time of the destruction of the Beit Hamikdash, you have a pasuk over there in Yirmiyah. The pasuk says, "Vayavo anashim mishchem." People came from Shechem, mishilo u'mishomron. Right, from Shilo area, from Shomron area, shemonim ish, eighty people megulehe zakan. Right, they were shaven. begadim, but their clothes were ripped. Umitgodedim, and there was like all uh, scratches on their body, like a mourner that they would scratch their body. Which means these people came from Shomeron, 
with Kurbanot in their hands to bring to Yerushalayim to the Beit HaMikdash. They didn't realize the Beit HaMikdash was already destroyed. So when they came back, they were all, their garments were ripped. Why? Because they saw the destruction of the cities of Yehuda. So you see over here that when one sees the destruction of the cities of Yehuda, one has to rip their garments. That's the proof. Right? They ripped their garments when they saw the Khurbah of the area. And which cities did they see? Shechem, Shiloh, and Shomeron. Those cities themselves are considered Arei Yehuda. Okay, so when they saw those cities be Khurbanan, already they ripped from, from over there. Comes the Gemaran says, Amar bihalbo. Amar ula bira'a, Amar bil'azar. Haru'eh alayhi Yehuda bihurbanan. When he sees the cities of Yehuda, the Yehuda region, in their destructed uh, state, which means even if they rebuilt, but so long as it's under the goyim, under the dominion of the goyim, it's considered bihurbanan, he has to say the following pasuk from Yeshaya. Omer, areh kodshecha hayu midbar. Your holy cities have now turned into deserts. Vekoraya, and he rips. Yerushalayim bechorbana when he sees Jerusalem in its uh, destroyed state. Omer, Sion midbar hayata Yerushalayim shemama. Right, Jerusalem is fallow. Vekoraya, and then he rips. Bet Hamikdash bechorbana when he sees the Bet Hamikdash in its destroyed state. Omer bet kodshenu vetefartenu asher hedelucha avotenu. Hayal l'slefat esh v'chol mahamadenu hayal l'chorba v'koraya. He makes a statement: Our holy place, our glorious place, where our forefathers went and praised you, now became uh, to a fire, and all our treasure hayal l'chorba was now to a uh, destruction. As Gemara says, we learned the statement before: Koraya ala mikdash umosif al yushalayim, which means. If he sees the Mikdash first, so he rips on the Mikdash, and then he sees Yerushalayim, he can, he can continue the tear that he made for the Beit HaMikdash, and rip, uh, continue the rip. Then he ask me a question. How can he see the Beit HaMikdash before he sees Yerushalayim? So the Rishonim learned, so he came in a box. He was in a closed box, so he didn't see Yerushalayim, he was in the box, he got to the Beit HaMikdash area. So the first thing he saw was the Beit HaMikdash, so he rips for that. Then they let him out of the box, and he saw... Yerushalayim. So he's able to continue the tear that he started on the Beit HaMikdash and just make it a little bigger for Yerushalayim. What mean who? The Gemara is a contradiction. Ehad HaShomeya. Whether somebody heard about the Hurban Beit HaMikdash. Ve'ehad HaRo'eh. Or somebody actually saw the Beit HaMikdash being destroyed. Kevan she'igia ala sofim. When he gets to Scopus, that's the place before... Uh, uh, you know, on the way there, Mount Scopus, or Sofim, Korea, he has to, he has to rip. The Korea al-Mikdash b'fnei atzmo, ba'al-Rushalayim b'fnei atzmo. So you see clearly, that a person has to rip on each one separately. Rushalayim separately, b'fnei separately. Here we just said, person can do one ripping for both, meaning one continuous ripping. So make up your mind, is it two separate rippings, or is it... One, Lakashia, had the Pagab Mikdash Beresha, had the Pagab Yerushalayim Beresha. Depends what he saw first. If he saw Yerushalayim first, for example, he went into the way he enters Yerushalayim, he sees Jerusalem first. Then he makes a Kedia Yerushalayim. 
But the Kiriyah that he made on Yerushalayim cannot be the Kiriyah for the Bet HaMikdash. It's a separate Kiriyah. Then when he sees the Bet HaMikdash, it's like a separate Kiriyah. But if he saw the Bet HaMikdash first, for example, like the case I told you, it was in a box and he didn't see Yerushalayim, he can make the Kiriyah of the Bet HaMikdash, then he can add to that Kiriyah when he sees the destruction of Yerushalayim. Comes the and says, We have a Braita. Vichulan. Which means all these kiriot that we talked about till now, Rashain Lisholilan Ulmolilan Uloketan Belaasotan Kimin Sulamot Abalole Ahotan. Well let's see what you're not allowed to do. Clearly all these kiriot that we said, the Nasi, the Abedin, the mother, the father, the rabbi, Shemuotraot, Yerushalayim, Yehuda, all those cases, one cannot sew it up in the normal fashion. That's clear. But what are you allowed to do? So one at a time. Lisholilan. Sholilan we learned is wide stitches. Right? Where you don't stitch it you know, in the normal way, but you leave wide stitching between them. Ulmolilan. Have a word there for molilan? Fold. Okay, the way they explain it is, it seems they would take the uh, tear, right? And they would connect it, bring it together, and like fold it over each other, and put a... Put a stitch through it. That would be Ulmolilan. Well, you're not sewing it in the normal way. No. You're taking both ends. Right, you're taking both ends, putting it together, and you're putting a, you're putting a stitch there. If you look at it like a book, exactly. Rashid says, Lekabel Beged Betfida. Ulloketan. Loketan, he explains, yeah. is what? Not, you're not only taking the top of it, you're taking the whole uh, rip and you're putting it together, right? And you're putting two or three stitches uh, to connect them. And then, literally make them like ladders. That she says, which means, it seems you're not connecting it straight. You're connecting like in a zigzag. Right. So it's going up like a, uh, like a ladder. So when, you, when you're putting the pieces together, it's not, uh, it's not the same. Let's just continue the cases over here. Sholelan, we said, is the wide stitching. Molelan is to fold it and stitch it. Loketan is to uh, take both from the top to the bottom, bring it together and... For a stitch, la sotan kemin sulamot is to make the stitches a zigzag, like a st- stairs of a ladder. Amar of Hazda, ubihui Alexandri. She's that which we said, that to stitch it in the normal way is asur. What type of stitching in the normal way is asur? In the way they did it in Alexandria which was the professional way where after the stitch you wouldn't be able to tell that it was even ripped in the first place. But anything less than the level of Ihui uh, Alexandri would be mutar. It seems that that was the best way of, of stitching. It seems they would, they would sew it from the inside of the garment. So you wouldn't be able to see anything on the outside. The outside would look uh, totally closed. So they were, that's the type of Ihui that we're saying that it is uh, Asur. But anything else... Is mutar. Comes Gemara says Taru Rabbanan Hakoreya mitoch hashelal. If let's say somebody uh, had to make a kiriah, 
Now what happened? Mitoka Shlal. Let's say the garment that he ripped was already the tear area was Mishulal. It was stitched with wide stitching. So and now let's say somebody died. He was wearing that garment. He ripped in the place where there was a Shilal. So the question is going to be considered is that considered a Kiriah? Or maybe it's ripped already. So the Gibbara says that Koreya Mitoka Shilal, Mitoka Melal, Mitoka Leket, Mitoka Sulamot, all these cases, Lo Yatza. That's not considered a Kiriah, because it's considered Karuah already. For a Kiriah to be considered a Kiriah, the Gibbara says, Mitoka Ihui Yatza. It has to be Dafka from stitching that wall. It could have been ripped. But if they re-stitch it in the normal fashion and they re-rip that area, that's okay. And what type of stitching the Gemara says? About if Hazdaa will be Ihoi Alexandri. Dafka the Alexandri Ihoi, which that's the real stitching. So therefore, uh, that is considered, the garment is fixed. Right. And if one rips in that spot where the Ihoi Alexandri was, that's considered already a new ripping. Right? As she says in the second line, Dava Kishalim. That's considered the garment is shalem. Tarabanan. Right now we have a braita. Okay, now we discuss. Let's say these cases over here. A person ripped his garment for one of the cases that we mentioned about father, mother, rabbi, abedi, nasi, yushalayim. Rashi leofchol lemata ulachoto. Now he has the garment. That rip has to remain forever. He wants to wear the garment. He doesn't want to have the rip uh, on top. As long as the rip is on top, he used to rip by the collar. He used to rip down. That's it. He can't wear that shirt anymore. So the Gemara says, no, there's a way he can wear it. Let him turn the shirt upside down. Put a new collar on the top now. And now the collar that originally was ripped is on the bottom. And now you can sew it up. The only time they don't want you to sew it up is when you're wearing it in the normal way. But, wear the shirt upside down. Now already the kiriyah is on the bottom. There's no isur to sew it up. That would be permissible. So again, Tarabanan, Rashai lemata. It's permissible to turn the garment in a way that the neckline is going to be on the bottom. And now the bottom is going to be on top. And then already you make a new, obviously you have to make a new neckline for the garment. Then it would be permissible uh, to sew it up in the normal way. Rabbi Shemuel Al-Azhar Oseelachoto He says it doesn't matter Once already the garment is ripped Turning it upside down is not going to make a difference So we have a machloket Tadnaim Ukshem shem mocher asu le'achoto Kacha lokeyach asu le'achoto Well, the one that's selling a garment that he ripped Because his mother or father passed away So sure he cannot sew it up But even the buyer Now he sold it, he sold the shirt so just like the lachotos to sew it up, to sew it up in the normal way, just like the seller cannot do it, even the buyer, you could always say, "What the buyer is not avid; it's not his uh, subject. Doesn't matter." That's why the seller has to tell the buyer, "Listen, I'm selling you this shirt, but you got to know you're not allowed to sew this up over here. This kid, I was done because uh, his father passed away, whatever it is, and therefore." Well, the guys to know that. Let's make kahtawit. They buy the shirt and they tell the guy you can't uh, sew it up. Well, if he does sew it up, it's a fni'i mm. And therefore, the seller has to inform the buyer exactly what's going on with this uh, with this garment. <laughs>
Okay. Comes Gemara and says, Tarun Banan. We have a Braita. Tehilat Kiriya Tefah. Which means, let's say we learned above, a person, let's say, sees uh, sees the Beit HaMikdash first. Right? And then after he sees the Beit HaMikdash, he has to make a Kiriya, then he sees Yerushalayim. So he said he's able to be Mosif on the Kiriya. He has to rip a little more. Down, it's considered two kiriot. So now, when we discuss that subject, we're going to discuss now a person that say he heard about two different people that he's obligated to mourn that passed away. So the question is going to be: Does he have to make two separate kiriot, or can he just add to the kiriah that he had already? So the Gemara says, "Taru baran tehilat tefah." She's the first kiriah that he does, so it has to be, let's say, a tefah long. V'tosefet. Now let's say, uh, we'll see exactly when he heard about the second death. But we'll keep that for, for a moment. But he heard about somebody else that died is obligated. He has to make Tosefet. So how long is the, how big does Tosefet have to be? The Tosefet Shalosh Esbaot. He only has to make it to see the Hosefah Shalosh Esbaot, which means uh, less than a Tefah. Okay? Devrei Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Yudha Omer, Tehilat he says the first Kiri'ah is only three etzbarot. He argues on the Shita. We learned above that Kiri'ah has to be minimum etzbarot. He says no. First Kiri'ah only has to be shlosh etzbarot. And then the Tosefet is only be a kolshu. Amar Ula, halacha can be mi'ir b'kiri'ah. Halacha follows to be mi'ir when it comes to Kiri'ah. That the Kiri'ah has to be a tefah. But it can be Yosef and Tosefet. But when it comes to the extra kiriyah that you're doing for the second one, the person, it can only be a kolshu. So the Gemara says, Tanya and Amiyachim have a bright support. It's a be Yosef and Tehrat kiriyah tefah. Tosefet, kolshu. Now, they're going to ask a question. Okay, which we'll see. We'll actually wait for the Gemara to see that to see that question. Comes the Gemara and says, Tarabanan, Amrudo, let's say they, uh, they tell a person, Met Abiv, father died. Vekara, he ripped his uh, garments. Then they tell him, Met Beno, but Menan, they tell him his son passed away. Veosif, so he's Mosif on the Kera, like we said, can be Mosif on the Kera. So now there's a big difference between the Kiriah of the father and the mother and the Kiriah of the child. The kiriyah of the father and the mother can never be sewn up again. Mashiach and the kiriyah of the child is able to be sewn up. So in this case over here, the top, the first rip was for the father. The tosefet was for the son. So the Gemara is going to say, the top of the kiriyah must be remained forever unsewn, but the bottom, which was done for the son, would be able to be sewn up. So that's what the Gemara says. Tanur Abanan, Amru lo met Abi vekara met beno veosif tachton met ache. The bottom kiriyah is able to be sewn up. Elyon eno met ache, but the top cannot be sewn because that was for the father. Now we go to the opposite case. Met beno vekara. His father died. His son died first. Vekara met Abi, and then his father died. Veosif. 
So the opposite is Ziliyon Metache. Here he's able to rip or, or, or fix the top, because the top was for the sun, and Tahton Enu Metache has to leave the Tosefet for the father. The Hadush in this case is that even though the top part is from the collar and the Chaura, you'd say that that's really the beginning of the Kiriyah for the father as well. Because that, that's where Kiriyah usually starts, from the, from the collar. Kamashon, that since when the ripping of the collar was done for the son, even though it's the beginning of the entire rip, that could be sewn up. Mashiach and the bottom part of the Tosef was for the father, cannot be sewn up. Met Abiv. Met Immo. Met Achiv. Met Achoto. You heard in all one shot. Mother, father, brother, sister. In one shot, you heard that they all died. Since he heard it in one shot, he only has to make one kiri'ah. Which means if he would hear one after the other, he'd have to make separate kiri'ot. But since he heard it in one shot, one kiri'ah is enough for him. For everybody else, he's allowed to make one kiri'ah. But for mother and father, he has to make a separate Kiri'ah, which is according to the kavod of the mother and the father, it obligates him to make separate kiri'ot, which means it's not enough to make uh, one kiri'ah uh, and then make, even make a tosefet. The mother and the father always need separate kiri'ah. Now, he agrees that for the mother and the father passed away together, one kiri'ah is enough for both. And he heard it together. But you can never, according to the include them with somebody else. Whether he heard them at the same time, or even if, let's say, the father passed away, there's no tosefet on, 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 on the kiri'ah of a mother and a father. Either way. Hmm. So the Gemara says, why? Because it's, it's not allowed to be mosif on the kiri'ah of a father and a mother. What's the logic? Because let's say the father and mother passed away, so he ripped. Now the son passes away. The Biudah Mitra said, if he's going to just make a tosefet, people are not going to know he's doing it for the son. Because when it comes for a mother and a father, people usually make big kiriot. So when he's just going to be mosif on the kera, people say, ah, hey, he's uh, mourning his father and mother more so. Then it's not going to be evident that he's doing it for the, for the son. So the Gebarah says, Maitama, which means, now the Gebarah goes the other way. Okay, fine. What's the reason why you can't do it the other way? Meaning, let him rip first for the son. I'm saying the case where the son and the, and the father passed away, right? Make the son first. That's so a small one. Remember, that's for the son. And then, make it bigger for the father. I understand why you can't make it for the father first, and then Ed, because they're not going to know you're doing it for the son. Because everybody who makes kiri'ah for their father or mother, they make it big. So if you made for the father first, and you add a little more, it's not going to be evident. So do the other way first. Do for the son, a little, and then... Make it bigger. Amar of Nachman bar Yitzchak nefi she'enan betosefet, which means bottom line, there's no tosefet at all, not in the beginning, not in the end. The father and mother's kiriyah have to be done separately. Not even if it started from the for the son, then you want to add it, or the opposite way. And therefore, it's not given to tosefet at all. Kotli midam betra has to be a separate. Which actually that the kiriyah of mother and father always has to be separate. 
ושמואל עושה איזה שטיק, ואמר שמואל, הלכה כדברי המקל באבן. What do you mean? We have the rule, we said many times, that the halakha usually follows the lenient opinion when it comes to avilut. Gabbara says, avilut lechud u kriya'a lechud. Avilut is avilut, kriya'a is kriya'a, two different items. Which means the kriya'a happens before the avilut. Avilut is after kriya'a. And therefore we do not have rules when it comes to kriya'a. Kriya'a we could be mahmir, but even though in avilut we're being mekel. That Gabbara has a question, ad hechan koraya. Which means, okay, now we discuss another question. When a person makes a kiri'ah, how low can the kiri'ah go? Which means, according to the opinions that say, for example, you're allowed to have tosefet. Okay, let's say the case where the mother and the father, not a beautiful bit, the other opinions say you can have tosefet. So the guy rips his clothes. Now he wants to make tosefet. How far down in the garment could a person go and it's still considered kiri'ah? It seems if the guy's at the bottom of the garment already, it's not considered kiri'ah. It has to be somewhere... No, on top, towards the middle. So the Gemara says, the first opinion, Tarakama Adiburo. Till his belly button. And some say no until his heart. Even though there's no Ra'ayaladavar, Zikhiladavar, we have a Ramis in the Prophet, Yoahish and Amar, Vikirul Libabchim, Ve'al Bigdechim. Literally, the Pasuk means rip your hearts and not your garments. We make Teshuvah. But we can learn a Ramis over here, what? To your hearts. Rip until your hearts. So the Gemara says, Now let's say he ripped. And somebody else died, he added. Then somebody else died, he added. That's it, he got to his uh, belly button. Now what does he do? Somebody else died. The, the garment is uh, is ripped already. So it says, Let him start from the top again, move three etzbaot to the side, and start ripping down again. When he started from his collar, he went all the way down. Right? That's it, you can't rip that in that spot anymore. Go to the next spot, up, move to the spot next to it, and start ripping down again. Okay, Okay, now let's say the whole front of the shirt is ripped. He ran out of spots to make it. Alright, let him turn the shirt around, and he starts now. Ripping more, he has more, more, more area. Now let's say all the top of the garment is filled with kiriyot. He's able to turn the shirt upside down now. Make a new collar on top and start ripping the other way. But if a person rips from the bottom of the shirt or to the sides of the shirt, that's not considered a kiriyot. However, the Kohen Gadol is not allowed to make kiriyot. But out of kavod to the deceased, he just makes a little tear on the bottom. We learned that Kohen Gadol does not make uh, avilut, does not make kiriyah. But what does the Gemara say? He can make a kiriyah that doesn't count. What's a kiriyah that doesn't count? Milimata. What out of uh, kavod? Just to show his griefing. Now, Gemara says, Peligu ba, Rav matna umur ukba, V'tarvayu m'shemid dabu u'shmuevi levi. Hadamar, now we discuss, when do we say the din of Tosefet? Which is, we said, if somebody dies, and then he hears about somebody else that died, he's able to, to add to the original rip. Well, when did the first person, when did the second person die? Within seven, within thirty, oh, what's the time frame over here? So look at what it says. Hadamar, one says, kol shiva'a koreya. Which means, uh, all, if somebody dies within seven, 
Shvin, somebody died. Now within seven, somebody else died. He has to make a separate kiri'ah. Le'achar shiv'ah musif. But after seven, that's when the laws of Hosafa come involved. Again, guy died. He ripped his garment. After he rips his garment, he is within seven days of the first person, somebody else died. According to this opinion, he cannot be Musif. Within seven days of Avidut, he has to make a separate Kiri'ah. So when was the law of Musif said? After the seven are over, now we hear somebody else dies, he can be Musif on the original Kira. That's the first Shita. V'chad amar koshloshim koreya. Le'ad shloshim Musif. And the other opinion says, no, it's a 30-day rule. The first 30 days, he has to add another kiri'ah. After 30 days, he can be Musif. So that's the really she'el over here. Is it after 7 Musifim or after 30 Musifim? That's the mahlokin. So the Gibran says, But keep for Rabbi Zerah. Rabbi Zerah has a question. Man de'amar. Kos shiv'ah koreyah. According to the opinion that says, Kos shiv'ah koreyah, that all the 7 is koreyah. Amai. What's the reason? Very good. Because since in the first seven days, let's say not for a mother and a father, let's say the first seven days for regular relatives, right? Anybody, the truth is. First seven days, you cannot even sew it. Could you sew it even with big stitches? No, the first seven days has to remain. Mm-hmm. So I understand why. So therefore, since that's that kiri'ah, it's not considered a kiri'ah. Because you cannot sew it, it's ripped already. And you weren't allowed to make shilila. Which is if you're allowed to make shilila. After seven, for example, it's mutal l'shlul. Okay? So if it's mutal l'shlul, I understand why after seven you can make tosefer in that place because you're ripping something. Even if you didn't make shilila. Since it's not willing to make shilila, it's considered as if it's attached. And therefore, you're tearing it. It makes sense why you're telling me during the seven you cannot be mosif. Because the, what does Mosif mean? Mosif understanding now to mean you, gotta make, you have to do something. I'm not doing anything over here. Bottom line, I'm tearing something that's torn already. So within seven, you cannot make uh, shalita. You cannot make uh, any, 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 any sewing. So it makes sense. So the Gemara says, "Amai diloni tanu shalalo elahad de'amar ha'isha shalalto le'altar achinam But what about the law of a lady? Didn't we learn that a lady, for tziniut reasons, she's able to sew it immediately within the seven? So you're going to tell me that if a lady, here's another relative that died, she would be allowed to be Mosif on the Kera within seven? The whole reason why you're telling me that within seven, you cannot be Mosif, why? Because it's considered a Kiri'ah. Why is it considered a Kiri'ah? Because you cannot even sew it back up. Oh, so a lady that within seven days that can sew it back up. So she should be able to be Mosif on the Kera. Which means she sewed it up, then then she has somebody else died. She'd be able to to rip it again. What do you mean we said no? So the Gibran says, Over there, really the Kiri'ah has to remain a Kiri'ah. Over there we only said that she covers it up because of siniut issues, kavod isha. And therefore, there's no difference between a man and a lady, which is the kiri'ah really has to remain a kiri'ah. The fact that letting her sew it up, it's not a pshat that we're letting her sew it up because it's not a kiri'ah. It really is a kiri'ah. Therefore, there's no difference between a man and a lady, according to that opinion, within seven. Now again, it goes the other way. Ma'an amai, the 30-day rabbi. What's the logic? Delonita na'achoto. Because for a regular, the five-minute team, 
person has to keep it unprofessional until after 30 days. After 30 days, he's able to sew it up professionally. So that's why it makes sense. After 30 days, it's mutale osif on that spot, because since you sewed it up professionally, so it's really closed up, and now a person can be mosif on that spot and rip it again. Mm-hmm. Oh, so the Gemara says, Oh, so there you tell me now when it comes to a mother and a father, you can never be mosif. Why? Because you're never able to, to close it up. So the Gemara says, Adam Mishum Kevod Abi Veimohu. Really, the kiri'ah of a mother and a father, technically, after 30 days, should be able to sew it up again. But why do they leave it like that, unsewed? Because of kavod. And then, technically, once it's after 30 days, we consider it closed. And therefore, even for a mother and a father, after 30 days would be permissible to be mosif. They have to say that this whole blood is going according to the opinion that says you can be mosif on a mother and a father. Not like the Mewudah Bebeterah. The Mewudah Bebeterah said that I'm on the father, there's no Osafah at all. So let's just review quickly and we conclude. According to the opinion that says seven, it's for everybody. It's seven, even for a lady. Even though within seven, the lady sews it up, that's not because the Kudiyah could be sewed up per se, because from the Kudiyah standpoint, that's from a Sinyud standpoint. And therefore, within seven, even a lady cannot be Mosif on a Kudiyah. According to the 30-day rabbi, not only for Sha'ar, uh, not only for the five, but even for the mother and the father after 30, one can be Mosif on the Kiriyah. Why? The Chaurah, this uh, Kiriyah uh, cannot be uh, sewn up for forever. Uh, really it can. It's just for Kavod, they say you can't sew it up. But technically from the status of the Kiriyah itself, it, is, it lends itself to being re-sewn. And therefore one can be Mosif on such a Kiriyah. Let's say a person, he was wearing a ripped garment. And then he heard that somebody died. One of his relatives. So he didn't rip. He said, oh, I saved the shirt. It's ripped already. So now the Gebra says, You're stealing from the dead and you're stealing from the living. Why? Well, you're stealing from the dead because you didn't rip. And you're stealing from the living because you're fooling them. It's getting about Everybody say, oh, the guy ripped his garment. He didn't rip his garment. The garment was ripped already. That's this interesting case. The guy tells his friend, Lend me your shirt. I want to go visit my father who's sick. The guy says, let me, let me a shirt. I didn't have a shirt. Let me go borrow your shirt, please. I want to go visit my father. Not nice to go to your father without a shirt. Let me go borrow your shirt. He went to visit his father. He found his father was dead. He's able to rip, and then he's able to re-sew it. Then the first reduce is he can rip it. It's not his garment. The second reduce is what? That he's able to fix it. When he gets back home, he returns the garment that he borrowed, and he pays him for the value that the shirt went down because of the fact that he ripped it. Now what's the logic over here? Because since he told him from the beginning, I'm going to visit my father who's sick. So the guy who lent it understood that it's possible when he's going to go visit him, the guy's going to be dead. And therefore it's like he's telling him, listen, if you have to rip it, 
rip it. So he's giving him uh, a, a, a consent. So that's the reason why it is permissible. So he's able to rip it, right? And then he's able to uh, sew it up. Right? That's the Radush can even sew it up. So he says, "Ovim utalo lekrowet ha'haluk amushal mishum shibah la'haluk b'hashilo oto lo al menat lebaker bo atabiv achole kiilu natan lo reshut lekorom yetzorich bekach." It's like he gave him permission. If you're going to need to rip it, rip it. Ve'av shebedeklal en ma'achin ken ashenaklal al mot abiv ve'emo. Normally, we're not allowed to resew a keriah for mother or father. The mekrez zeh davar mutar. Why? Ba'al ha'haluk lo natan lo reshut lekrow oto ela kedesh lo yitbayesh. Which means the reason why he gave him permission so he doesn't get embarrassed. Because if the guy's going to be wearing the shirt and not going to make kiriah, people say, hey, how come we're not making kiriah? They say, oh, I borrowed the shirt. And it's been embarrassing that, uh, that he had to borrow a shirt from somebody. So therefore, only for that purpose over here. So therefore, I mean, I'm only letting you rip it so you don't get embarrassed. But finished, once you bring back the shirt, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to have a permanent damage. So therefore the dean is, he's able to re-sew the, uh, the garment back. Now, the Gebarah says, However, if he didn't tell him that he's going to visit his father, he just told him, I want to borrow your shirt. Then already, if he goes to visit his father, he finds his father dead, he cannot rip the shirt. Because the guy did not give him permission. Okay, he did not tell him that. Now, Tarabanan, Choleshemet Lomet, Barmanan, somebody's sick, and one of his relatives dies. In Mudi'inu Toshemet, you don't tell him. Why? The guy's sick. If you're going to start telling him that one of his relatives died, that's going to cause him uh, tsaad, it's going to cause him great anguish. We don't want to cause somebody else to die, so therefore you refrain, you don't, you don't tell him. Shemet Taref Dato Alat, maybe he's going to become confused. And he's going to become more sick, and he's going to die. Nor does any of the mourners walk in front of him with ripped clothes. It's obvious, if they're going to walk in front of him with ripped clothes, they're going to say, hey, what's going on over here? Who died? So therefore they do not walk in front of him with ripped clothes. And they make sure that the ladies are quiet in front of him. Because the ladies usually, they mourn out loud. So one has to make sure that the, uh, the, the women are not going to be next to him in order that he doesn't have a broken heart. katan. Now even though a katan is a hayav and avedut, but they rip his garment. Why? If let's say it's one, of his, uh, one of his relatives pass away. agmat nefesh. Just to cause agmat nefesh. When the people are going to come to the house of the morning and they see the katan's clothes are ripped, it's going to cause them great agony. We want that to happen in the bit of We want people to cry. So when they see the katan's clothes are ripped, it will cause other people to have agmat nefesh. Ve'korein al hamiv ve'al hamoto mepinek kevod ishto. Which means a person rips his clothes if his father-in-law or mother-in-law pass away out of respect to his wife. And the opposite is also true. The wife rips when her in-laws pass away out of kevod to the husband. Why? Because this is a kabod one. One of the couple is avilut, so the other one also makes a kiriah. Ve'amar Papa, Tana ba'abel rabbati. We learned the masechet semachot. Avelo yaniach tinok betoch heko. During the seven days of avilut, an avel is not allowed to play with a child. He put a baby on his lap, play with him, and so on and so forth. 
Because what's it going to do? It brings to levity. It brings the Avil to, to laughing. V'nimsam mitkaneh adabiriyot. Which is now what's going to happen. It becomes despised from the eyes of the people. The people are going to walk and see the guy laughing. So this guy over here, his father passed away. He's not, uh, he's not mourning. He's joking around. So therefore, the Allah says that he's not allowed to play with the uh, child. They learn this actually from the fact that Yehazkel yeah, navi told, uh, God told Yehazkel navi when he was mourning for his wife, Ha'anikdom. He told that She'ilat Shalom is Asur. That you're not allowed to you know, say Shalom to anybody. Why not to greet anybody? So, why? Because they don't want you to take your mind off to the Avilut. So similarly, Sok uh, obviously is going to be Asur. If saying Shalom to somebody is Asur, certainly laughing and levity is going to be Asur. At that point, that would be Asur as well. The people are going, not going to understand it and take it the right way. Now, even though Simha is Asur for 30 days, but this Yisud of, of holding the child was only said specifically for the 7 days because... Uh, it's not actually samha, it just brings to sok, to bring to laughter. So therefore it's not going to a party, therefore it's only a suit during the seven days. Baruch Amen.